Grace and peace. These are really important things, and they are yours. As a, just a, a benevolent gift from God, our Father, your Heavenly Father, who loves you, has made you, and has saved you. Dear Christian friends, when was the last time that you thought about all the stuff that you need to get done? For some people, that's like a constant ongoing list, like just rolling over and over and over and over and over in their brains like the giant big wheel from, wheel, or from uh, Price is Right, right? It just keeps going around and around and around and around and around. For others, maybe you haven't thought about it because you really don't want to, right? I mean, there's all the stuff at home. There's like the laundry and the dishes and the everyday stuff, making meals and everything else that goes on at home. There's work responsibilities. There's projects that you want to get done. And don't forget, taxes are due in about seven weeks. Yay! And then there's all the stuff that like we want to do, right? Things that we want to get done around the house. Things that we want to set aside time for. We, we want to read more. We, we want to spend time and, and go on date night regularly. We want to um, improve ourselves, to learn a, a new skill, how to play an instrument, how to pick up this hobby, this craft. We want all of these things. Or maybe what's on your mind is like the never-ending list of bills and expenses and needs and wants. And it just keeps going around and around and around and around. And you pay this bill and you go, oh, good. And two weeks later, the next one shows up in the mail. <sighs> and while, some, while you're thinking about tasks to complete and, and bills to pay and projects to undertake and improvements to make, those are good things. The reality is that you might also be thinking, he's pastor, I came here to get away from that. Why did you bring all this stuff up today? <sighs> now it's on my, my mind, and it's not just on my mind, it's on my heart, right? Because that's the reality of, of these thoughts. As we start thinking about this stuff, the, the things to do, the bills to pay, the, the accomplishments yet to achieve, all of this stuff it becomes like a runaway train almost. And it seems like it's impossible to stop and, and you just keeps going and going and going and I can't stop thinking about it. And it leads to, well, to heartache and anxiety. It leads to, to irritability during the day because it doesn't just stop with a couple of thoughts for a few minutes, right? It keeps us up at night and, and it causes us anxiety and stress and everything then is a, is a crisis and a problem because those thoughts don't stay thoughts. They become worry. And worry shows itself in so many ways in our lives. And that's all before we even catch the headlines or find out whatever the latest craziness is on social media for the day. This morning we're going to wrap up our look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as he talks to a group of believers, his followers, and he lays out for us the reality of a very serious problem. And it's a serious problem for every single person because there is not a single person alive that in some way doesn't experience and deal with worry. 
It might be different for this person and that person, you and your spouse or your friend, but the reality is that we all worry and we all deal with it. And so today, Jesus addresses this tendency to worry, but he does it in a really unique way because he doesn't just talk about worry. He talks about the heart of the matter because the heart of the matter is your heart. It's really important to understand that point, that worry is not just something in my mind. No, it's our first takeaway this morning, that worry is a matter of the heart. It's not just about whether I'll have enough time for this or enough money for that or enough energy to get these things done. Worry is, is something spiritual. Worry is something internal that affects my whole being. And, and it ties in well with what we're talking about today in priorities because worry actually helps you see what you have made your priorities. You might say, this is my priority. But your worries actually show the things that you are most concerned about. Because you don't worry about the hangnail, right? You don't worry about the project at work that somebody else has done because it's not yours. And they're not big things, right? The hangnail might irritate you and, ugh, i got to clip that thing later. But it doesn't actually, I don't actually stay up at night thinking about it and worrying about it because it's not a big thing in my life. But job and mortgage, and house, and spouse, and kids, like those things are big. And those things, those weigh right here and right here. And those things are priorities, and they, they, that's where worry is, right? And God wants us to remember, understand very clearly that worry helps us see our priorities, but he wants us to make sure that then we align them with what he says. Because God is very clear about what he wants your priority to be. Your number one top priority. And Jesus makes it explicitly clear in the first verse of our text from Matthew 6, verse 24. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here it is. We've got two potential loves, two potential priorities, two potential masters. The one, God, is the one who should be the priority, right? He's the God who made you. He's the God who gives you everything. He's the God who provides for you, who every good blessing in life comes from. He's the one who says, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods, no other priority above him in life, that you have made this the most important thing because that's what a God is. The other one, money, stuff, is the one that we so often do make the priority in our life. And so what Jesus is saying here, I mean, it's not complicated wording, it's not difficult logic. It's simple, but it's so important. It's big picture. This is something that you need to recognize for yourself. This is a matter of your heart. Because if you look at the very first 
words and the last words. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. Notice Jesus doesn't say it's pretty difficult. He doesn't say it's a really delicate balance and you got to be real careful with this, guys. He's talking to Christians and he says it is literally impossible. Your hearts are not made to have two gods. You cannot do it. And so you need to recognize that very point. It is impossible for you to have two top priorities in your life. And God wants to be the number one. Now when you hear these words, you might be tempted to tune out a little bit because Jesus, it seems like, is talking about money. And when we hear anybody about the Bible and religion and church talking about money, we just don't want to hear it. But Jesus isn't actually talking about money. He isn't actually talking about your bank statements or your kitchen pantry. He's going to talk about something much more big picture, much more important. He's going to talk about your purpose. He's talking about who you are and whom you serve. Because this is all about our hearts, right? And God has a purpose for you. His purpose is for you to seek his kingdom first and foremost. It's to live in love, knowing the love that he has poured out on you and live then that love every single day. To let it be seen, to love God and, and appreciate all the blessings he gives. But that purpose that's a struggle because it runs very contrary to the world's priorities, right? And to be honest, it even world runs contrary to the priorities in our jaded and self-focused hearts. Because my heart says, and the world agrees, you need to focus on you because nobody else is going to. But what Jesus wants you to understand, and I pray that you do as we read these next verses, is that there is someone else who is focused on you. And he's so focused that he's done everything for you. God is focused on you. So that you are able to be focused on him. Let's take a look at verse, uh, beginning at verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, it would have been one thing if Jesus had just said, hey, don't worry, be happy. Because it's a catchy song, right? But if you actually stop and think about it, what does that do for your anxiety and worry and stress in life? Nothing. Telling yourself, stop doing that and just be this instead doesn't actually help at all. And so that's why Jesus doesn't. Instead, what he does is tell you why you don't need to worry. Why you don't benefit from it. Because worrying, he says, doesn't do anything good for you, right? Doesn't add a single hour to your life. Doesn't, doesn't bring anything good to your life. Instead, all it does is cause anxiety and heartache and stress and fear. And it just runs around and around and around in a circle. And probably the biggest problem is that it redirects your heart. Because when you get caught up thinking and worrying and worrying and worrying, all of a sudden, you stop thinking about what your purpose is. And that changes what your priority is. Because now your purpose becomes, well, I have to do this, and I have to get that, and I have to pay for this, and I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. Instead of remembering, God has, God has, God has, God has. See, all of a sudden it changes our hearts and our minds to thinking that we need to provide, that we need to do this, that I need to fix that, I need to accomplish this, I need to buy that. And God says, guys, trust me. Have I ever, ever, ever let you go a day without food in your life? Have you ever been without the basic necessities and a whole lot more? I don't see anybody sitting here in tatters of clothes or stomachs rumbling. God has provided for us, and and he wants us to keep our hearts focused on that, on, on the blessings that he gives. Because when we see the things in our lives and we remember that they are blessings from God rather than things that I need to keep chasing after, well, now it changes my heart, doesn't it? And it changes my priorities, and it frees me up from worry and anxiety and stress. But when I lose that focus and I think I have to do this so that this gets accomplished and this gets done, now it's all about me again, isn't it? It's all about what I have to do instead of what God has done. What Jesus wants us to see, though, is what his purpose is for your life. He wants you to focus on his purpose, on his kingdom, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What does that mean? We pray it, don't we? We're going to pray it here in just a few minutes. You probably have said it dozens, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of times. You've asked God, your kingdom come in the Lord's prayer. Do you know what that means? It means that Jesus is the king, right? And where he is ruling is his kingdom. So this isn't just a request that on judgment day, hey, Jesus, come down and you know, make everything right. Take me to be with you forever. That's going to happen. But that's not really what your kingdom come is. Your kingdom come is a prayer that Jesus is the king in my heart. 
And by faith he is. And that his kingdom in my heart and in my life would keep growing and expanding and filling my life so that more and more and more of my thoughts and my, my heart and my words and my actions and everything about my life would be more and more focused on who God is and what God has done. That's what God's kingdom is. That's the purpose Jesus wants for you, to be more and more and more focused on what he has done and less and less focused on what you have to do. And that's why that brings us to our, our second takeaway this morning, that God wants me to love him, to know his love for me and to love him and live for him. And so God's purpose for me is to simply seek his kingdom. That's what then drives our priority. Not to pay the water bill, not to long to win the lottery, not to, to seek more and more and more and more, but to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. So let Jesus now explain why you can do that. Because this is a contrary priority, isn't it? It runs contrary to what's in our hearts by nature. But listen why Jesus says you can do this. First of all, he points you to the birds of the air, right? The birds that are flying around, and he says, you know how many of them worry about food? Zero. Big fat zero. Not one of them goes out and plants a seed. Not one of them goes and harvests a plant. Not one of them stores up for later, right? Or to put it in non-farmer terms, not one of them gets a job and goes to work and brings home a paycheck so that they can buy groceries. Not one. And yet, did you notice what Jesus says next? Your father feeds them. Not their father. I mean, God is their creator, absolutely. But not one of those birds calls him father. Not like we get to. Your father that loves you and cares for you. Your father provides for them. And so don't you think that your father is going to provide for you? Because you are much more precious than, than the birds in the air. Or he points us then to flowers and says, not even Solomon was dressed like them. Do you know who Solomon is? Right? Solomon is the, the guy that God makes clear is the wisest man who has ever or will ever live. No one on earth with his wisdom. Kings and queens traveled from, from around the world to go and sit in his court and listen to his wisdom and learn from him. And because of his wisdom, he's probably one of the, the top couple of people, most wealthy people that ever lived. Which when you think about how much some people have in their personal portfolios, holy smokes, that's a lot of money. And and Jesus says, not even in the, the most extravagant and elegant and luxurious lap of luxury that Solomon lived in, not even then were his clothes anything even close to the way that God clothes the flowers of the field. And if that's how God takes care of the flowers, won't he take care of you? Because he is your father. And those flowers and the grass, they, yeah, they look good today, but give them a couple of days and they're going to be withered and dried out. 
But your Father, He knows what you need. And He promises to provide for all that you need. See, here's the issue. Worry isn't the issue. Worry is the symptom, right? But the real issue is a heart that longs for myself. To provide for what I want, to to do what I think is best for me and who cares about the consequences. That longs for things and storing up and making this about me and my kingdom. And that's really the problem. And that's our third takeaway this morning, that my priority problem is because I want to build my kingdom rather than seek God's kingdom. That's the problem. Worry is the result of it. Worry is the result of when I try to build my own kingdom and I run into challenges. And I run into challenges, and we all do, because let's be honest, we, you and I, we don't have all the answers. We can't fix all the problems. But, but you know who can? You know who does? God. He's the one who provides for you. Sometimes he does it in like amazing and crazy ways. But most of the time, he provides for you by giving you the, the talents and the skills and the abilities and the energy to go and work and earn a paycheck that brings home and provides for everything that you need and often so much more. God is the one who takes care of you, who loves you, who made you to be who you are. He's your father who showers on you blessing after blessing after blessing. And if you ever, ever, ever doubt and wonder, ah, but does he really love me? Yes, he does. And all you need to do is remember what he was willing to give up for you. God, the Son, right? God, Jesus, was willing to give up heaven, perfection, glory, knowing no end, to be born into the lowliest of places. Not just Bethlehem, not just a barn, but with animals and the smells and everything that goes with them. The king of heaven and earth left heaven and was born into that for you. God was willing to, to set aside the praise, the perfect angelic choirs, the praise of the angels and saints in heaven so that he could come and hear his opponents mock him and test him and try to trap him and hear his, even his closest friends doubt him. God was willing to set aside the full use of his power so that those people that he had made could mock him and abuse him and crucify him. God was willing to suffer hell itself for you. Do you know why? It's so that you would be free. So that you would have forgiveness for all of your failures, including your failed priorities 
so that you would be free from the chains of guilt and shame and fear that keep you cycling in this worry wheel. Jesus came to lift the burden of worry off of you, to give you a heart that is free, to seek Him, to know the depth of truly being loved, of having someone who cares for you so much that they will do anything. They will literally leave heaven to save you. Jesus wants you to know just how much he has done for you. Because when you understand that, it sets your heart free. That brings us to our last takeaway this morning. That God has done literally everything to free my heart. To make his king, him and his kingdom my highest priority. See, you can do that because of what God has done for you. And that all sounds really good here at church, doesn't it? Yes, pastor, yes, Jesus, I'm going to do that. And then we get home, and there's the dishes, and the laundry, and there's work tomorrow, and there's projects, and there's stuff to do, and there's bills to pay. And that sounds good. I want him to be my highest priority, but man, that's hard to do once life hits again. And so that's why Jesus says, remember what he has done, not what you have to do. Now, that, don't forget about the things you have to do, right? But when you see the stuff that needs to be done and the bills that need to be paid and the things that we need to figure out and the projects we want to work on, remember above all, what's the heart of the matter? It's that God loves you. And that that is so firmly and deeply rooted in your heart that he has done everything, everything for my salvation, for all of my blessings in life, for all the good things in life. When I remember that, okay, there's going to be challenges and it's going to be difficult and there are going to be things that pull at me and pull at my heart but if I remember that my Savior loves me, that my God promises to provide for me, that he is my heavenly Father, now there's some peace where there used to be worry. Now there's some joy where otherwise there's just stress and anxiety and fear because my God has done everything, everything. Let me say it one more time everything for you. Let that promise and that reality then shape your priorities so that as you go about your life, as you go about your work, as you go back home, as you do the things that need to be done, you realize those are just things that need to be done. But that's not your priority and that's not your purpose. That your purpose is to know what God has done for you, and with that in your heart, to live for him and love for him. That's your purpose. So make it your priority. Amen.